So I have an interesting, amazing guest today named Megan. Hello. Hi. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about, so it's kind of an interesting story because both of us have a similar story, but I'm not 25 anymore, but I was 25 (laughs) and kind of going through the same thing. So I just wanted to do this because this is like the most inspiring thing ever. And I'm not trying to make it like scary for you or like pressure for you, but Six months ago, you're in the hospital, right? Yes. And they were like, you're not doing good. No. I'm pretty much dying, and yeah. <laughs> they were like, you're pretty much dying. Yes. And my only option was either inpatient or I'm going to die. Okay, and but you didn't do either. <laughs> no, I didn't do either. <laughs> I'm here to talk about it today. What's up, guys? This is Shelby, and welcome to Not Your Regular Coach Podcast. Okay, six months ago, we're, like, really not thriving, and they're like, you are, you've really done a number. And then two days ago, she ate an In-N-Out burger. For the first time in probably since I was 15. (laughs) She ate an In-N-Out burger for the first time since she was 15. That's, like... So we're, <laughs> it's crazy. And you never went to treatment. No, I did not do treatment. I did like inpatient in my own house, kind of. <laughs> we kind of did like a res in your own house. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this because how do we go from literally dying to six months later eating an In-N-Out burger, which just like seems impossible, but it it's not. And that's kind of what I did too. And that's not like a flex of like, oh my God, I'm so amazing. I didn't need treatment, but it's like. I don't know. I think it just goes to the fact of, like, if you want to do it, you can. Even though it's, like, sucks. Like, it's not like she's eating in and out every day. Like, we're, like, still working on it. But, like, it sucks. So you've been sick since you were 15. So just, like, give a short little background info because that was, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. So it's a pretty long story. It's been, like, a 10-year journey. I'd say it started when I was 15. I'm not sure, like, how it started. But I know one day I just, like, got on the scale and I knew I wanted to lose weight. So... Yeah, it all went downhill from there. I'd say in high school is probably the worst, just like severe anorexia, just lots of restriction. I would go to school, I'd go to sports, and then I'd first eat when I got home. And that was like, that went on for months. And then I met Adam, who is now my future husband. No, he is your husband. He is my husband. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's been a while. No, he's only been her husband for like two weeks. Yes. Okay. (laughs) It's a new title, okay? I know. I need to get used to it. I know. (laughs) But, okay, so I met Adam, who is now my husband, and he kind of just, like, changed my mindset on things, and I knew if I wanted to, like, keep him, keep a boyfriend, I needed to start eating and eating normally. So we go on Applebee's dates. I mean, I still wasn't, like, fully recovered or anything, but... Applebee's? Yes, I went to Applebee's. That was, like, our date spot. (laughs) Okay, love that. Yes, but it was, like, a weekly thing. I'm like, okay, I can do this. And then he just started to, like really changed my mindset on things and like gave me a new perspective in life and I'd say I I definitely like fully rate restored on my own I definitely had like the orthorexia and like the exercise but I was in a lot better mindset I was eating better and yeah then what happened (laughs) because Um, we we took a turn yes and then I went to college on my own we were doing long distance I was six hours away from him and four and a half hours from like my hometown so that was very hard for me um yeah so freshman year I was doing okay I was like kind of eating like 
I went to the dining hall like a few times, but mostly just eating my own food in my room. Still the whole exercise piece. And then sophomore year, I like moved out of the dorms and that's where it down, like when it spiraled again. And it was more like I was making my own meals and making the same things every single day. And it had to be like very specific, very specific times. And then, yeah, the whole orthorexia piece definitely came back again. And yeah, that kind of was like sophomore through senior year, just like nothing really changed. Yeah. And then, okay, so then we go to grad school. Yes. Things are still not thriving. And they basically told you, like, you can't walk across stage, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I got, so I got IV six times. My last time was the day before graduation and everyone knew that I needed to get these IVs. I was, I was not going to be able to walk across stage. And so that was like my last time I had kind of a bad experience with my last IVs. And that kind of gave me like motivation too. I had a doctor tell me that if I don't like recover that I'm going to need to go inpatient. Otherwise I'm not going to get like a career as a professional. And that really just like hit me hard, especially since I was graduating with my master's like the next day. Oh, the next day. Yeah, the next day. (laughs) Do you think you ever thought that? Was there a point where you were like, okay, I don't care? Yeah, the last six months, like January through like the end of April, I was just in a phase where like I didn't care. Like I've been dealing with this disease for 10 years of my life and it's just like taken a lot out of me. And I really hit like a downward point, I'd say like probably in April. And it's like, I just didn't care. Like obviously this disease like wants to kill us and I was just going to let it because I don't know I was just getting really sick of it and didn't know what else to do so then what changed because I know you told me like and this is kind of similar to me I'd never had therapy never had a dietitian (laughs) never been to treatment so things started to get like a little better over the summer and and then like a lot better in fall so what like what changed in your mindset So I was living with Adam at the time, and since things were so bad, we just, like, had to move home. We didn't really have any other options, so we moved in with his parents, and his mom definitely just, like, saved my life. She made me, like, feel validated and would do anything and everything to get me better. She was, like, researching nutritionists and dietitians and treatment programs and anything she possibly could to help me, and that just gave me like inspiration that I wasn't only going to recover for myself, but also for my future family. Did you feel like she was the first person that like really saw you? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's the first person that made me feel like, okay, something is wrong and you need to get help and you can't do this alone. Were you like open to that? It was definitely (laughs) scary. Like I've never reached out to anyone before. I've never told anyone my story. I kind of just like kept it a secret for the past 10 years. So just like opening up about like anorexia in general was really hard for me. But I don't know. The more I told my story, the more I'm like starting to like open up about it and wanting to talk about it. But it's definitely not easy. Yeah. And I know a reason you want to talk about it is because you're from a tiny town in Minnesota, right? Yes. And this is not a topic of discussion. Like, this is, like, in LA, I feel like if you tell someone, oh, I have an eating disorder, they're like, oh, like, they're not like, oh, great, but they're not, (laughs) but they, like, don't, they get it in a way. Like, even if they don't get it, they're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And in Minnesota, in a really tiny town where nobody is there to treat these things, like, yeah, tell me about that because I know that there's a, 
element to this of like I want to raise awareness because like I didn't say anything and I, and I'm sure there are other girls. Yeah, you for know, sure. and they don't say anything because it's not even like a thing. Like it's like an unspoken thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to raise awareness, especially in our small town, because we do have like a great community. We have a great medical system. We have wonderful doctors, but it's just not very common around our area at all. And we don't have like doctors that specialize in eating disorders. We don't have nutritionists or like the Emily program or like around our area. So just like raising awareness that people do do go through this and they do need the help and support. So what, okay. So, so let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, huh, interesting. I am literally (laughs) living in the middle of Minnesota Mm -hmm. or wherever. Mm -hmm. And what do you think are the most helpful things? Like, in your opinion, what worked for you? What do you think would be good advice for somebody who's like, I have no idea what to do? Um, so what worked for me is I did reach out to a nutritionist. I was on an eight-week wait list, which was really hard because I needed one immediately. But we don't have like good nutritionists that specialize in eating disorders around the area. But I found a really good one, and she was just part of my success story as well. She probably helped save my life too. She got me on a meal plan. I was lost. I didn't even know like how to eat normally, what normal food like looked like. I was just like definitely just so disordered that way. Uh-huh. So she just helped me realize like, okay, this is what a normal person your age should be eating. And she got me on a meal plan and I am like a rule follower. So I was <laughs> like, okay, if she gives me a meal plan, I can do this. <laughs> and did you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't just, like, I started at, like, going from zero to 100. Yeah, like you had I, to build up. Yeah, I definitely worked my way up, and I didn't do it alone. So, like, how I said, we have, like, we did, like, inpatient kind of in our house. So I had my mother-in-law. Her name's Anne. She is wonderful, but... Um, <laughs> Shout she, out to Anne. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but she kind of just started, like, make plating my meals and, like, following the meal plan and just, like, putting it in front of me. I'm like, okay you put it in front of me, I'll eat what I can. And like, that kind of just like helped me get through it. Like not having to like make my own meals or like worry about food or like worry about what the next meal was because I had that covered for me. And that was the first time, right? First time. So before that, were you just kind of like on your own? Yes. I was on my own for the past 10 years. Just like, it was like, just eat more. Yeah. Just trying to figure it out. But Ooh. (laughs) so she was like literally an angel. Yeah. Yeah, she saved my life. I love her. So, okay. So I'm going to ask this. What do you think it was? And you kind of just said this with like her kind of giving you food, preparing food. Like, what do you think it was that she did or like other people did that was different and helpful? Because in the past, you know, it's like, and I kind of did this too, because we were both, you're 25, I was 26. It's like, it's not like your parents are going to be like, you were going to treatment. Like, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to be like um all right so I need to get better because I this is just not like I can't do this forever and I think having support in that is really important whether it's a therapist or anyone so like what do you think are the things because I know that there's certain things that if people say to you it depends on the person Mm -hmm. like if somebody says something to you and like for like Adam (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's just really hard for him to understand so it's like 
stop talking to me. But when other people say things that are that you don't like associate other things with, I feel like it's really helpful. And do you think it's more helpful to just have somebody there that's like, I support you, I care about you, or having somebody be like, you need to eat every last bite or like you're out of the house? No, it's definitely you need that supportive person that is going to like cheer you on and like motivate you and push you, but like not push you past your limits. Because there is, I don't know, I know like when I first started this, like I'd have panic attacks and anxiety and like all that. Like that's totally normal, but you need to know like your limit and like what you can handle. Okay, so now what do you do to this day (laughs) when you're having a panic attack about food or something that's like triggering or anxiety? Like how do you, how have you learned to get through it rather than just be like, fuck this, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I've definitely learned, like, what I can do. I do distractions, like, we'll go on drives, or I'll just, like, distract myself in other ways around the house. I talk about it now. I used to just keep to myself, not say anything, and now I'm like, okay, here's what's going on right now. I just need to talk about it, and then I'll get over it. Do you think that helps? Yeah, it helps a lot. I feel like the more you talk out loud about it, the more helpful it is for not only yourself, but the other people around you. So on that note, I have a question. What is it that you are scared of or were scared of if people knew? Because you did a pretty good job of, like, keeping it a secret yeah. for a really yeah. long time. Yeah. I'm very good at my eating disorder and, like, <laughs> hiding it. <laughs> so so why did you not want people to know? I mean, that's kind of, like, an obvious question, but in your own words. Um, I feel like I just, like, never wanted that label. Like, I've always been small and, I don't know, I always, like, was the person that was, like, working out and eating healthy and, like... I just de- didn't want to label with it. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like people were going to judge you? Yeah, I definitely. Like, living in a small town, too, like, it gets around fast. <laughs> so I feel like if I would have told, like, one person, like, it would have spread to other people and, like, create rumors. But I guess now I'm just kind of open to it. And, like, I want to spread awareness and I want to help other girls around my area that are struggling with the same thing. Okay. How do you feel being 25 and being like finally ready because I think there's this and honestly like even now because I work with teenagers and I'm I was 26 when I was like okay I gotta get this together and I think it's kind of a similar situation to you because nobody really did anything Mm -hmm. and if no one does anything then like why would you you're like why would you force yourself to do something different until it gets to a place where you're like I literally like I cannot do this anymore and it's hard because like I work with teenagers that are 14 15 and I'm like no 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 like you guys like don't do it like don't keep going for 10 years like don't 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 Mm -hmm. but it's so hard like you don't hear that when you're younger so I personally felt like there was some kind of shame around like being 26 and being like okay now I'm gonna get my life together because I didn't even have like I mean I had a job but it was stupid like I didn't even have a real job until I was probably 28 and so I I think I felt a lot of things around that because that's not normal and people have like a career at 23 right when they graduate and I didn't and so I don't know I think being 26 versus like 18 was hard it's very hard especially because I feel like a lot of like treatment places and the hospitals that specialize in eating disorders there are very aimed towards like adolescents and teenagers and not a lot of it 
of like recovery for eating disorders is aimed for adults. So I feel like that was like the hard part for me is like, I feel like I'm too old for this, but I knew if I already wasted 10 years of my life and I kept going with this, I'm going to just keep wasting away my life even more. Yeah, that's kind of what I felt too. Cause I was like, I was at a place where I was like, okay, well, I've already wasted this amount of time. Like, I think there comes a point where, and especially when you're in your twenties, you're like, I'm so old. I'm too old. Like, I can't do this. Like, I've already wasted away my life. But I mean, first of all, that's not true. Second of all, I think I finally just had to be like, okay, well, maybe, but also like, am I just going to keep doing it? Like, am I going to be 40 and be like, wow, I wasted so much time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's hard. It takes like, it takes a lot to be able to force yourself to do things. And like, it takes a lot of time, you know? Yeah. I feel like the last 10 years too, like it's been 10 years that I've had this eating disorder and like trying to rewire my brain. Like I've only been in recovery for six months and trying to rewire everything from the past 10 years is very difficult, but it's doable. Okay. So that's my question. So do you think even when you weight restored in high school, would you say this is the first time that you're like, okay, I need to like actually do it right. Instead of just like weight restore, put a bandaid on it. That's what I did. Yeah. So that was like the past 10 years, like I'd weight restore and then I'd relapse and weight restore and relapse. And like it just kept happening. Like I never actually sought out help. So like this is the first time I've had a team of people like behind me and supporting me and like pushing me to like recover. And it just feels like really good. It's like the past six months, it's been the best six months since, I don't know, the past 10 years. It's crazy. Okay. What do you mean by that? Um, I just, like, I'm finally living life again. I've been told, like, I finally have a personality. Like, I kind of just, like, was there. I wasn't present ever. And now I'm, like, joining in on conversations and having real laughs and being able to go out and do stuff and not having to worry about, like, food and calories and everything else that goes along with the disorder. Ooh, okay. But I'm going to challenge that. <laughs> Because I think you do still worry about those things. Yeah. So how do you worry about those things and still do the other things? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'm definitely full not fully recovered yet. So I definitely still do worry about those things. They're just, like, not at, the, like, the forefront of my mind anymore. Okay. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. Because did you ever think that would happen? Yeah. Because, like, I used to think about, like, food and calories, like... 24 7 like is always on my mind but I feel like now too that I'm not like I was always in like almost starvation mode so I was always hungry and always thinking about okay what can I have next like what's my next meal gonna look like but now that I'm not starving like I don't have to worry about that anymore because I have the energy and like I feel full and I'm like it's not a constant worry so going back to the personality situation this was hard for me because I was like, I don't know my personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was like, I am healthy girl. Like, even yeah, though it was yeah, not I'm healthy still girl. Trying to find mine. <laughs> like, it's like, honestly, like, same. <laughs> like, I mean, when you think about it, by the time you're 25 and you literally don't have an identity, it's like, it's hard. It's hard to find that. But it's, I mean, it's definitely possible. It's just like, for me, I feel like, like, my whatever you want to call it, true self, was like always there. But I would just kind of like push it off to the side and be like, okay, no, no, no. This is what I need to do to like be accepted. This is what I need to do to like make people want 
to be me, that makes me feel okay about myself and that makes me feel better even though it doesn't. And yeah, like being in your mid-20s and trying to figure out my identity because I didn't live my teenage and early 20s is really hard, but it's possible. And I would even say like, I mean, honestly, at any age, I feel like it's really hard. Obviously, the longer that it goes on, the harder it gets. But it's such a hard question because people will be like, well, how did you get better? What did you do? How did you find your passions? And I'm like, I don't really know. Like, honestly, through trial and error. Like, I, like there is no, like, magical moment when it's like, oh, my God, this is what who I'm meant to be. You kind of have to, like, work through it and get to a place where, like, it just feels comfortable. I don't know if that makes any sense. But it's hard when you're in your mid-20s to be like, uh, who am I? I've definitely always been like that shy girl that didn't really talk, stood in the corner. and But now that I'm recovered, it's like I finally can like engage in conversations. And I feel like it's gotten like a lot better even over the last six months. Like I would not have flown out to California from Minnesota <laughs> to meet with a recovery eating coach. Eating <laughs> Like that would have not have happened a few months ago just because like I was shy and like I didn't want anyone to know about my eating disorder. And Honestly, yeah. The fact that you're out here is like <laughs> yeah. pretty – oh, that's like really big for you. Yeah, it's huge. Like, like she's literally sitting in my guest room right now. That's that's like <laughs> – that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I flew out here. Like I've obviously met with Shelby over like FaceTime, but <laughs> I've never met her in person. I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. Let's try it. Like I'm willing to do anything to recover right now, and this is probably one of the best things I've ever done. And you have like the amount that you've been – I, and, like, you've been trying, and I feel like to the outside, it's like, oh, yeah, like, great, amazing. But I know on the inside, you're like, I literally want to die. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it. And so to me, and I told her this, like, I just feel like that means you really want to get better. And it's not like it's easy. It's not like mm-hmm. 10 years of your life you can just erase in, like, a couple days. It's, it's like, something that you've learned. It's like a religion or a language. It's like, you can't just forget it. But... Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference, right? It's like when you decide that you really want to, it's different than like, because you even said too, you were like, this is the only time I've actually wanted to try. Mm-hmm. Like all the other times I came back from the hospital, I was like, well, time to like <laughs> go back to what I was doing. Yeah. And this time you were like, I don't know. Do you think it came with age or do you think it was just? Yeah, I think like my age has definitely something to do with it, but also like I truly just don't want to be stuck in this eating disorder anymore. And don't get me wrong, like, to recover, like, it's very, like, self-driven, but also you do need this support. So don't forget about, like, your team, like, backing you up and, like, letting them help you along the way because you do need that. And I think that's – it's also validating because when you try to talk to your boyfriend or, like, your parents or your girlfriend, it's just – it's hard for somebody who hasn't been through it or hasn't been trained in it to understand. And so they can try. And I think even like the person who is like the most willing, right? Like they still need a little guidance if they've never been through it. I mean, that's what I love about Autumn's mom because she's like so willing to hear anything, learn anything. And I don't know. I just feel like that's really healing because I'm literally making shit up right now. But I feel like... She was one of the first people that made you feel like, okay, somebody really cares. Like, like I know she really cares. And I, number one, don't want to let her down. It's not mm-hmm. like that's enough to recover. But mm-hmm. number two, like, oh, maybe there is something to me that people see. 
Yeah, she's definitely been just like my biggest support. And not only am I seeking out to get help, but she's also like reaching out. She's reaching out to Shelby. She's reaching out to my nutritionist just to get like any information she can to like better support me too. And as well as my husband, like he's along with me on this trip and he's trying to gain as much information as he can to like go back home and help me as well. He's like taking notes. Yes. He's like, okay, so when she doesn't do this, I tell her to do that. (laughs) He also gives away all my secrets, but that's okay. These things to me are just like, like people think it's not possible. People think I'm too sick. There's no way. Like I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. And everyone listening to this is like, yeah, okay, great. Like sounds great. But it's like, I keep saying this in every fucking episode that I talk to somebody who's recovered or in recovery. Like it literally is possible. Yeah. And like a couple months ago in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not sick enough yet to recover. Like I just need to be like this certain number or this certain amount of times in the hospital or like this or that but like eventually it's just gonna be like well you have no hospitals or like you're just gonna eventually just die and like you're not gonna have any of that yeah oh let's talk about that because this is a oh my god this is a huge thing I was just talking about this earlier it's like people are like okay I need to get the sickest point I possibly can to get better but the issue with that is that the sickest point you possibly can is always like upping so it's like, okay, yeah, this number is as sick as I can get. Oh, I'm at that number. Ha, I can get sicker. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my blood levels are this. Well, I can make them worse. Oh, my whatever is like, I can always make it worse. And so that's like a really bad cycle to be in because there's no way out of that cycle. So how do you take yourself? Because it's like you tell yourself, okay, yeah, this is it. Like, I'm going to get here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do these behaviors. I'm going to go to this treatment center, I'm going to do that, like, and then I'll be able to be okay. But that's not true. Like, it's never, I know this sounds like so stupid because everybody says this, but genuinely, it's never enough. Like, you get to a place that you want to be at, and then you're like, I can do better. Mm -hmm. I can do better. I can do better. Until it gets to the point where, like, you've done, like, serious damage and you can't go back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was, too. I was, like, to the point where, like, all my lives were changing and, like, I was just getting to the point where, like, I was going to die. Like, there was no other option. So it's, like, now I had to switch my mindset to, like, how can I recover and how can I do the, it's the best I can instead of, like, how can I get any worse? <laughs> and then I think we kind of touched on this earlier, but, like, how did you make that shift between I don't care, like, great, cool, you tell me I'm dying, that's amazing, awesome, literally don't care, to, like, I'm going to fucking push myself to the max. Like, how... And that's a hard question because it's not like you just wake up one day and you're like, here we go. But like, I think, I think it's kind of what you said, like the support and people seeing you. I think that goes like such a long way. It's like, it's not even just somebody validating like, hey girl, yeah, you are sick. It's, it's somebody saying like, I really care about you. I see that you're sick. I see that you're struggling. What can I do? Instead of being like, if you don't eat your potatoes, you're not getting up from the table. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, it wasn't just, like, one thing that made me, like, okay, I just need to recover, but I guess, like, being in the hospital the day before I was graduating with my master's degree, it's, like, okay, I'm graduating with my master's, I've worked six years to get this degree, I need to be able to use it, I need, I'm getting married, I need to be there to support my husband, I want to start a family someday, 
And now I have these people that are willing to put in 100% to support me as best as they can. And I'm just going to go with it and see where it takes me. How did you come to the conclusion? And you probably haven't come to this conclusion yet, but how did you come to the place where you were like, hmm, maybe life could be worth it? (laughs) Because I feel like when you're so sick, it's like, I don't care. I hate life. You're in such a miserable spot that it's like, I don't want to do this. Why would I want to do this? What did you do to be able to see just like a tiny glimpse of like maybe there's more than this? I definitely didn't go from like eating nothing to like eating everything. Like it was definitely a slow process. But as soon as I started eating more too, like I felt the shift in like just like how my brain was thinking, how I felt. I was having more energy. I was starting to feel like myself again. And like everyone around me could see that too and they just like kept pushing me and kept telling me like you got this we got this like you can do this and yeah it's just I don't know (laughs) I feel like you needed validation and you needed support Mm -hmm. because here's the thing for both of us since we didn't go to treatment Mm -hmm. we never went to an eating disorder hospital like inpatient we went to like the emergency room right yes and All they say in the emergency room is like, yeah, you need to gain a little weight. Like, maybe you should go to a center. But right now you're okay. We just gave you some fluids. Like, you're going to be fine. Um, Make sure you drink enough water. And then you leave and you're like, "Mm, I'm crazy. There's nothing wrong with me. It can be really frustrating, too, because I was like, I don't know about you, but I was looking for somebody to say, girl, you're you're not okay. Like you have an eating disorder. You're not eating enough. Like you're really sick. Like this is not okay. And like, it's crazy because I don't know why it took so long, but it took a long time for somebody to say that. Yeah. That was the exact same thing for me too. Like I went into the hospital like a few times and like they just kind of like, okay, like dehydration will treat you for dehydration, but never made me feel like validated for my eating disorder. Besides my one um, main doctor who like cares for our family, she did like a wonderful job. She kind of like knew what was happening, but like didn't at the same time, like, but she really like would do anything for me and made sure that I was going to be okay. But I did have a couple hospital experiences where yeah, they made me feel very invalidated. They gave me fluids and said I was fine and just sent me home. My labs were good and that just made me like, well, think like, okay, my labs are good. They gave me fluids. It can't be that bad. So Right. And then someone says, girl, you're dying. And you're like, no, I'm not. My labs are fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then it's like hard for the other person to dispute that because it's like okay well just because your labs are fine doesn't mean that you're fine you're not fine Mm -hmm. but it's so easy to be like my labs are fine my vitals are fine my anything is fine like you'll hook onto anything you'll be like well my hair is like growing (laughs) so it's like you can literally like my mindset every single time because I went in I think like six times and every single time like my labs were fine and like they kept telling me I was fine I'm like then that gets through your head like you're fine just keep doing what you're doing like you'll be fine until you get to the point where you're not fine I I wanted I really wanted someone to be like you're not fine yeah but every time that they were like you're fine like just drink water I was like fuck like I can't change this unless someone tells me to change this Mm -hmm. yeah it's not something you can just like go out on your own and be like okay I have to tell myself that I'm sick enough and 
I do deserve recovery. It's like someone else needs to tell that for you. Yeah. Yeah. The only person in this whole saga of like my 10 years, because I was like up, down, up, down. It was in college and the school nurse, because I had gone to like the hospital or whatever. And I came back and like the school nurse has to meet with you. And she met with me and she was like, first of all, I heard them outside the door talking and they were like, yeah, this girl has an eating disorder. Like, good luck with that one. And I was like, whoa, okay. And then they came, <laughs> and then they came in and they were like, um, okay, so but like how many calories are you eating? How many? And I definitely like, I was like way overestimating, of course, like mm-hmm. obviously. And they were like, how much are you exercising? Way downsized it. And then she was obviously knew that, but she was like, you're not eating enough. You're exercising too much you are like, this is why you feel sick and this is what's wrong and you have an eating disorder. And I was like, like, I was like, thank you. Thank God. And then honestly, that for me was enough for me to be like, all right, I need to get better. I need to put this together. But it wasn't enough. Like I didn't work through any trauma. I didn't work through anything. I didn't do therapy. I did nothing. And so when it came back the second time, I went to the doctor and I was like, I think I'm binging. And like things had changed and they were like, well, your weight's normal. And I was like, I don't give like a fuck about my weight. Like I'm not okay. Like I'm literally telling you I'm not okay. And they were like, well, you could reach out to a therapist. And I remember like bawling my eyes out and just being like, I don't have my period. Is that normal? And they were like, well, yeah, that can be normal. And I'm just like, like you have to eventually be able to be like, I know I'm not okay. I know my body. This is not normal. I feel like I'm going to pass out. I feel dizzy. I feel hungry. I don't need the doctor in the middle of nowhere to tell me that I'm sick. Like, I know I'm sick. And that is really hard. Yeah. Especially when you have an eating disorder, I feel like that's the last thing your eating disorder wants you to do is, like, go tell someone that you're sick and you need help. It wants you to, like, sit in the corner and just be miserable. <laughs> yeah. And then have somebody be like, Hey, you need help, but like, don't ask for it. Yeah. For if you sure. ask for it, then you're weak. You're stupid. You're like looking for attention. But if somebody comes up to you and says it, then it's like, Oh, but then also that's like validating to keep going. It's just, there's literally no winning until, until you can somehow, I, I don't know. It's like, you need to be able to see it. That's the thing with people with eating disorders, and I've said this before, is I I genuinely have never had a client, I've never met anyone that has an eating disorder, whether they were my client or not. That's not a really special person, whether it's like academically or emotionally. It's like a higher brain power, and it's such a gift, but it sucks. And it's like so sad to me when people just stay in this cycle forever putting their energy that they could put to so many things into this because like I really think I really believe like truly on Vita my talk (laughs) believe that people that develop eating disorders are of like a higher brain power and I think that's why it happens Mm -hmm. and like if I could just take everybody and be like you're recovered (laughs) like I would because Like, there's something out there for every single person, and you just don't know. And, like, right now, you're probably like, I don't know what that is. And that's that's okay, because you're not going to know. It's not like, oh, you know when you, like, (laughs) 
you know when you like break up with a boyfriend but you're like i don't want to break up with that boyfriend until i have another boyfriend like on deck mm-hmm. <laughs> i've never had to experience that but keep going okay yeah well most people have. <laughs> so like that's kind of what it's like it's like i can't recover until i know what i'm recovering for and that is just like really not the vibe because it's the same thing. It's like, I can't break up with my boyfriend until I have a new boyfriend. Okay, well, you probably shouldn't be with a boyfriend if you're looking for a new boyfriend. Like, it's like, it's like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. My I, my mindset was kind of like that too. It's like, okay, I have a wedding coming up, so I need to recover for that and then I can always relapse. And then I have nothing to look forward to after that. But like, you can't just have that mindset. Like, you have to recover every single day no matter what you have going on in life. Like, if you can, it can be the littlest thing. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to take a trip to Italy. It could be like, I'm going to get a pedicure. Like, it can be like the littlest thing that keeps you motivated. And I I do that with some clients. Like, we have like a point system where they'll put like, I didn't know the calories, like two points. And then that like adds up to whatever, like getting my nails done, getting this, getting that. And if anything, like, yes, maybe that's motivating, but it's also, like, another task for people to, like, accomplish. Because, like, everybody with anorexia and honestly any eating disorder, they just want to, like, do it right. (laughs) So it's, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, like, that type A personality and, like, OCD. So, like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right in, like, 100%. But I guess, like, with my eating disorder that wasn't the case for most of the things like for my meal plan like I didn't always hit it 100% and like some days I wouldn't some days I wouldn't and like that's okay that's life it's not always going to be perfect that's hard because then it becomes like I can't do recovery perfectly so like I can do this perfectly it's (sighs) OCD really adds on a whole twist when you think back now because I had to really think back and be like, wow, I've literally had OCD since I was four. <laughs> when you think back to prior to eating disorder, can you identify that, yeah, maybe I like, might have not had to do with weight, but maybe I was not very like normal. <laughs> like maybe I did have OCD as a child. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember a whole ton just because like I did develop my eating disorder so young and I don't know, my eating disorder just took a lot away from me. Like, I don't even remember, like, the last 10 years have kind of just been a blur, but I definitely, like, had OCD tendencies around eating. So, like, eating at certain times of day and, like, specific things and, like, only certain brands and all that just became, like, such OCD and, like, just trying to get out of that is, like, very difficult. Really difficult. So, how do you do? You kind of... You that's when you need someone to be like, here you go. Yeah. You want to eat like Bobby's Supreme Organic peanut butter that comes from the trees of wherever. <laughs> You're gonna have Skippy like, yeah. Like you gotta need someone to do that yeah. because what? You would never do that on your own, or you need, or you know what? Maybe you can do it on your own, but you need somebody to support you. And it's hard because you do those things, and then you come back to the thoughts like those thoughts don't go away right mm-hmm. like when you ate an in and out burger you weren't like oh my god like you were there was a part of you that was like holy shit I'm so proud of myself yeah but then there was another part that was like you're a loser <laughs> yeah for sure I mean like I said before it's been like probably over 10 years since I've like taken a bite of a burger so 
I definitely cried like tears of joy, but also my head's like, oh my gosh, what am I eating? How many calories is this? But at the same time, it's like a sigh of relief almost because I did it and like I'm going to continue to do so because living my life like this is not worth it anymore. So that's kind of what's going to keep you going. It's like, Mm -hmm. we're going to have moments, we're going to have times, we're going to have triggers, we're going to have whatever happens and you know it's not perfect and we're gonna have our we're gonna have our moments but do you think like truly that you're at a place where you can be like I literally want to yeet myself off of the balcony but I'm gonna keep doing this anyways because because I have to know like what's what I what I need to know what I don't know yeah, so, yeah, I definitely have a long ways to go. Like, I've only been in recovery for six months, and I have, like, a lot to work on still, but I want to keep moving forward, and not every day is going to be perfect, or not every day I'm going to want to, like, do recovery, but I know I need to, and, yeah. <laughs> so, literally, if Megan can go from dying six months ago... <laughs> To eating it, hold on, not just an In-N-Out burger. Oh, sorry, this might like really not be good to say because you're probably like, I don't want to know, like, I don't want to hear this. With cheese, sauteed onions, and a couple fries with In-N-Out sauce. Like, guys, it's possible. Like, if I can go from like, I will literally do anything for my parents not to send me to treatment. Like, I'm going to run away. I'm going to live on my own in the streets. I'm going to be homeless to like, I mean, like, how I am now is a little extreme because it's been a long time. But to even being open to doing it is, like, it is possible and it's so scary. But I promise you, every single person that has an eating disorder, they're like, I want to be the best. I want to be strong. I don't want to be weak. Like, recovering, and I know everyone says this and you're like, oh, that's just so stupid. But I'm genuinely serious. Like, recovering and starting a recovery is like you couldn't do anything harder you couldn't do anything like there's no more of a challenge than that like you can challenge yourself to eat less you can challenge yourself to exercise more but it does not compare to the brain power effort and like that it takes to to really try yeah and I'd say like anorexia is hard but honestly recovery is harder but it's worth it like anorexia like It just gives you like weakness and always being tired and just all these symptoms, but recovery gives you the opposite. And I feel like that's why it's worth it, even though it's hard. All right. So what are we going to do when we want to give up? (laughs) Because inevitably that comes up, right? Like you'll have really good days and then other days you're like, I don't care. Like, fuck this. I don't care. Whether it's like your body image or a pair of clothes that you put on or just like your mood how do you push past that without just automatically being like all right I'm done I'm relapsing yeah that's definitely hard especially with all the relapses I've had over the past like how many years but I've definitely found my team I've found Shelby I've found my nutritionists that are awesome I've I have a doctor on my team and I have my husband and like my mother-in-law and like some family members and like you just got to find that support and don't be scared to reach out for that help like you cannot do this on your own and don't rely on yourself to like recover Mm. like use that team as support like you don't need to go to necessarily it's like if you're going to treat it man you don't get better but if you have the outside supports 
I think you can use those. If you don't have the outside supports, like sometimes you have to, you know, find them in the different ways, but you just need people like on your side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I was recommended inpatient and I actually did reach out to the Emily program and talk to them. And like their only recommendation was for me was like either a hundred percent inpatient or we can't help you. And I just knew like with my personality, like that was not going to be for me. Like yeah, physically, it'd probably help me. It'd probably get me weight restored faster, but like mentally, like I just could not do it. So I actually reached out to them twice. And then the second time they also, I was like, okay, I'm a lot doing a lot better. Can I just get some like outpatient like services or like anything that's like not a hundred percent inpatient? They're like, nope, we gave you the inpatient like recommendation the first time. And like, that was it. Like once we give you that recommendation, there's like no other option. So, like, that was really hard for me, too, because I was, like, finally, like, reaching out. I'm, like, okay, I, I'm i willing to, like, get some support and, like, do whatever I can to get better. And, like, them not taking me with those outpatient services was really hard. But then, like, I did, like, find a team now. And, like, I didn't need to go through that inpatient system, which was amazing. Yeah. And it's, like, here's the thing. It's, like, people are, like, I don't need to go because people get better without it. You've truly, sorry to say, you can't get better without it unless you have like at least 10% of you that's like, okay, I'm going to try. If like 100% of you is like, I'm not going to treatment because I don't want to get better and I'm just going to like bullshit around with this outpatient team, like, no, you're not going to get better. But if there's like a little bit that's like, I don't like, like, I don't know, like maybe, then that's all you need because nobody ever wakes up 100% like recovery like I don't care what happens to me like my body doesn't like that just doesn't happen even though you see things on Instagram and TikTok and like blah blah, blah. that's not real I mean nobody <laughs> nobody's like in the depths of their eating disorder and it's like you know what I actually love myself like that just doesn't happen but if you have the right people I think you can learn to do that. It just takes time. And so it's the other thing is like people want a quick fix. Like they want to weight restore and their life to just be like amazing. And it's like, that doesn't happen. You get to a place where if you're not constantly thinking about this, like you have so much space in your brain to think about other things and so many. And I guarantee you, if you have an eating disorder, like you are very likely to be successful at anything but you don't know that when you're just trying to be successful in an eating disorder. It's just kind of like finding that 10% of you that's like, okay, I literally don't believe anyone. And I know everyone just wants me to like eat, but maybe I'm just going to try this. And not just for like, not just till I get weight restored and then decide, wow, my life's the same. I'm weight restored. I hate this. But like, I'm going to try for a year to see what happens. And I like, I don't know. I feel like that's all you need. And there's a reason that people recover and don't go back. There is. Because, like, nobody likes to see their body change. Nobody likes to see their sizes change. Like, that fucking sucks. But there's a reason that people do it because there are other things that make it worth it. You just don't have those in your eating disorder. Yeah. I feel like you have to, like, realize that yourself, too, that's something wrong because... I know I feel like I spent the last like 10 years like recovering and relapsing and recovering and relapsing it was just like a constant thing that was just like it just became part of my life and I like just thought it was normal and that was just going to be in my life forever 
until I like came to realize like that isn't supposed to be my life and like I do need to do something about this and I need to do it now before it's too late. Yeah. So, all right. <clears throat> Closing statements. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this because you're like literally living this right now. What are you working on doing when you have these like excruciating thoughts going through your head of like, you need to use this behavior. You need to do that. You need to restrict. What are you doing in this moment or like, in this time period to push past that I don't know I still like have those thoughts like probably daily especially when I'm by myself like when I'm eating by myself I feel like those thoughts are just like 10 times worse and I just have to like continue to push past them and do the best I can and have like those positive affirmations instead of the negative negative ones it's just like trying to like rewire your brain to almost think positively instead of like the negative thoughts yeah, and, and I think for me, it was like, I don't know what I don't know. Like, I mm-hmm. think I know what's going to happen if the, if I recover or if I try, but like, I don't, and I need to know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like when you're like, I need to get as sick as I can, you need to take that and twist it as like, I need to know what it's like and give it a chance or else I can't make the decision or else I can't like... It's the same thought process. And, like, I was terrified at first to, like, start the recovery process. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, going to gain all this weight. And, like, it's so much of, like, the unknown. But you almost start to, like, trust the process and, like, realize, like, your body isn't going to change, like, that dramatically. And, like, it's going to be okay. But, like, it's almost like learning to trust that process and just, like, keep moving forward with it. And, like, don't get me wrong. I'm definitely not, like, fully recovered. Like, I still have people, like making my meals for me, helping me prepare food, texting me throughout today to to make sure I'm eating and, like, all that. But, like, you need that support. Always, you're not going to get better. And feel, like, you need to just, like, have those people behind you and, like, be willing to, like, let them, like, support you. And just try. Mm -hmm. Like, you just have to try. You can't convince, there's no way you're going to convince yourself like, yeah, this is for me. I love recovery. This is amazing. But you have to convince yourself to try. Yeah, just try. It doesn't have to be perfect. But as long as you're trying and doing one small step each day, will get you in the right direction. We just ate a fucking In-N-Out burger the other day, guys. (laughs) This is like no small feat. Like this is like a big deal. I'm super proud of you. Like it's really inspiring. And honestly, as for me as a coach, like it keeps me going because I'm like okay it's possible like people do this people can get better and I know it's not the same for everyone and not everyone wakes up and they're like let me do this that and the other it takes a long time and for some people it takes less than time than others but like I know I can literally say this from the bottom of my soul like I know that everybody can get better and it doesn't like matter what age you are or where you're at in the process like you just got to trust it and like run with it and I don't know I just like really want to raise awareness for people that are like my age and like trying to recover and like it is hard especially when a lot of like treatment is aimed towards like those younger generations but I don't know just keep pushing forward you got it and that's that (laughs) 